good evening, everyone, and welcome to Um Actually Comics. My name is Tristan, and uh, tonight I'm going to be all by myself uh, because I do not have my co-host here. And so this is going to be a nice quick one. I am half asleep, and I read very few comics, so it's going to be completely uninformative. I'm really selling this, I know. Uh, but... Uh, I will tell you what comics are coming out if you don't care to read the, uh, <laughs> the newsletter, which we put out, or any of these other things that we have up online. Um, but, you know, grab your, grab your comics at CoastCityComics.com. That is something that I will definitely tell you to do. And, uh, you know, without further ado, let's talk about the books. Um, we've got Adventure Man number six coming out this week. Uh, which is the, I believe, the first issue since the trade came out, so that's cool. I did not know this was going to be an ongoing, but it's a really awesome series. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 77, really digging the new direction for this series, so I'm super happy for that. We have the remaining uh, copies of <laughs> of Larson's Ant comic. He apparently bought the rights from the original creator and has decided to relaunch it. I'm not particularly sure why it seems like the kind of character that no one remembers and you could just as easily make something almost exactly the same and no one would care that's okay whatever man uh do what you want uh, i do apologize i am going to have to periodically stop to take a drink and i don't have anyone to cover for me which i'm not used to um so the deal today is that we, so supply chain shit is getting crazy and we're seeing it all over the place, but we're also seeing some real issues, uh, especially this week with FedEx. Uh, FedEx was supposed to have uh, our DC books. Usually we have them, like the idea is that we get them almost a, a full week ahead, like five-ish days ahead, like usually Thursday or Friday, the week before they come out. And that's that's just to cover their asses. Oh, it'll never get that bad. This week it absolutely did. And uh, FedEx was supposed to bring our stuff on Friday is when it was scheduled, and it's not showing up until tomorrow. So I do apologize. Any of your orders that go through, we're going to have when they come in tomorrow. We're just we're doing pre-orders because I don't want to have a bunch of half orders where people are like, ah, well, the DC stuff wasn't up, so I just ordered only Marvel, and it'll get confusing. So I figured I'd just treat it all as a pre-order. If that's a problem to anybody, please just contact me, and we will figure it out. Um, so the next thing up on the agenda here is Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Target number one. Um, this is a... I mean, it, it is what it is. It's a Green Arrow Aquaman, but... I'm excited to see more treatment of Green Arrow because I'm I had gotten kind of sick. They did that New 52 thing where you had Green Arrow and he was like Steve Jobs only really hot, which was really weird and then they were like, "Okay, no, we got to make it more like the TV show so that he's got to match up with that character." And that was a bummer. And now I feel like we're finally getting back to the the original version of the character and I'm, I'm much more excited to read him the last few times he's shown up. He has been his old curmudgeonly liberal, crazy firebrand character self. And I very much enjoyed that. So that's super cool. Um, 
Aquaman The Becoming. Uh, number two is out. I loved the first issue. I loved the uh, the Future State series that introduced this character. I mean, he is maybe in that way that people talk about a Mary Sue kind of character. I think he's too attractive. He may have just hit that limit where you're like, okay, come on, man. Come on, back it down a little bit. They They might have made this guy a little too hot. But still a very cool character and well-written and really fun. Uh, Barbarella, speaking of, you know, you turn it into something like Barbarella, nobody's going to, nobody's going to take it seriously. That's the problem. Um, oh, we do have a fourth printing of Barbaric number one, if you missed out on that. Phenomenal series, super, super cool, um, just the kind of over-the-top nonsense that you, that you want out of one of these kind of comics. Honestly, it, it answered a lot of the problems that I have with like a Conan where it's like, eh, you know, so he does some stuff. He kills some people, has sex with some ladies, drinks some beer, and then falls asleep. And you're like, okay, cool, whatever. Adding this extra layer of mystical nonsense onto it with the talking axe and all of the craziness, uh, it's, it's fun. It makes it, it, makes it uh, a lot more palatable to me to make it that much more of a B-movie version of the uh, of the Conan mythos. Um, hey, all of you Fortnite fans, ooh, we got uh, Batman Fortnite Foundation number one one-shots. That is a thing. There are some people who are very excited about it. But what I think most people are excited about this week would be the fact that Batman the freaking Long Halloween has a special coming out. How weird is that? Um... It kind of blows my mind. Where where have these guys been this whole time? I mean, did they have a paycheck that they needed, or what was going on? This is awesome. It's very, very exciting. I mean, I haven't seen it yet because it's still in the clutches of FedEx, but holy shit. Um, wow, that's, I mean, that's very exciting. One of my favorite Batman stories, and I mean, that's one of many people's favorite Batman stories of all time. Of course, The Long Halloween Absolutely exciting. There's a really cool uh, 1 in 25 limited variant for that, which is, uh, I believe that's Tim Sale that did it, but it's just one of those kind of designery, it's very spooky. I love it. Um, we got the trade for Bitter Root number three. What the hell? I can't believe there's already three trades of Bitter Root. I'm so far behind. Again, another wonderful series that I enjoyed, and then... Did not have enough time to read the rest of it. Uh, Black Hammer Reborn, number five. Another series I do not read, but Bob very much likes. Uh, Black Widow, number 12, is out. Checkmate, number five, is out. Chu, the CHU version, which would be the female version of Chu, uh, which is a wonderful series as well. Um, it is out, number nine. Uh, crossover continues. Crossover number nine as well is out. Daredevil number thirty-five. We've got uh, we've got these uh, these Jusco masterpiece variants going on for these covers, and they're all sort of based on they're either based on his trading cards from his like Marvel masterpiece trading card set from the nineties, or they are improved versions of it. I can't imagine that they're the originals, but they're because they look gorgeous. But maybe his paintings were were larger than I expected. Either way, super cool. Um, Dark Blood number four uh, of six. 
that is a limited series apparently. Um, I started strong on that one and then I just lost it. I did not, I kind of didn't see where they were going and it just didn't really catch me. Might be a trade read for me on that one. Um, something I am excited about, you know, of course I fucking am. Uh, DC versus vampires. This is going to be amazing. I'm, I'm super stoked on this one. I mean, you've got Tinian on this. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Uh, and obviously it's just random DC characters fighting vampires. How awesome is that? I mean, the last time Batman got turned into a vampire, it was great. Uh, Crimson rain or whatever that thing was called. Awesome. Um, and there's another there's another book that I missed, which I believe was a Vault comic or a Scout comic. I don't know. One of those two companies. You know, it doesn't want to tell me. It's Vault. Uh, Dead Box. I did not read that last time, and now we have the second printing of it out. I may check it out this time. It looks really cool. It's about a haunted red box. How can you, how can you go wrong with that? All right. Deathstroke Incorporated. Hey, oh, guys, what the fuck, man? This was like my one of my favorite DC books that came out, and nobody bought it. I mean, like, not even the diehard Deathstroke fans were on this book. I mean, not nobody. You know, like, a very small number of people bought it. I don't know why. I thought this was so strong, and I was so excited about where it was going, and it's like, he's sort of the anti-Batman, and he's got all sorts of Batman technology, and it's like... You know, he's he's on a redemption arc. If you were into if you were into the character and you wanted to see him redeem himself, this is where he's gonna do it. And I think this is gonna be I think this is gonna be a really strong series. And if it doesn't get cancelled for lack of people buying it, um, I think I think this will be one that people remember because it's it's really the best deathstroke stuff I've read. Um Speaking of great, Department of Truth, we have the second trade paperback. I can't believe that's out already. Things are coming fast and furious at this point. Uh, Detective Comics, 1044. Uh, I have it on good authority that it's good. Echo Lands, number three. Legitimately some of the best artwork you're ever going to see. I mean, if you are a fan of phenomenal comic art, you have to be reading Echo Lands. I mean, J.H. Williams is pretty much the best guy going. Like, I don't know that you can find a better comic artist anywhere. He is just, he's on such another level that it, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to even compare him to anyone else because the, no one else can do, no one else is as good at any of the seven styles he does flawlessly as he is. Um, Fear Case, trade paperback. This is another one of those Matt Kent kind of books that I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I'm stupid, but uh, he loves to write books that I'm like, I have, a, I have a short period of time to read stuff, so I do have to kind of speed read it. So his stuff does tend to be a little more dense and require a little bit more gray matter than I am willing to put towards stuff when I'm in a hurry to get shit read. So... This again, I, it's never it, it never gets to the point where it grabs me either. I'm huge into B movies and garbage and horror movies, so you gotta hit me with something gross or stupid or weird or you know that I haven't seen before. That's my kind of thing. 
I'm not I'm not so much into the uh, the cerebral comics. I tend to prefer books for cerebral content. Um, you know, with some some notable exceptions. I like your your Watchmen's and uh, some of those books, but uh, but this one just it weren't enough to to get me in there. Uh, you know what was good enough to get me in there though? Holy shit! Uh, good Asian number six. Man, this series. I've said it before. I'm gonna say it again. This is one of the best noir comics I've ever read, and you gotta get on it. If if you like the noir stuff, do it. It's so, 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 so worth it. Um, Grim Fairy Tales, I guess we have one of those coming in. Oh, I think that's specifically for a subscriber. Um, let's see. I haven't taken it out of inventory, though, so someone might buy it out from under him. Sorry. I haven't seen this guy in like three months, so I'm not too, I'm not too concerned. I can probably order another one before he shows up. Uh, Harley Quinn, number eight, the Riley Rosmo series. Fun. I like it. Uh, it's got those crazy, like, <laughs> I don't even know what to call them. The Derek Chu variants for the, for the B covers are so insane. They look like background art for like a racing game in a Japanese arcade. They're really nutter butters. Um, pretty cool though. We're on to Hellboy. Uh, so firstly, there is a brand new Hellboy series coming out. Uh, it's a five issue, like most of the Hellboy series are. Um, <clears throat> it's called the Silver Lantern Club. Super excited to get into that. But if you are somebody who has not been reading Hellboy and you want to go all in right off the bat really awesome the hellboy omnibus box set instead of one of those like completely impossible to read omnibuses that crack in the spine and all that nonsense we have instead this four trade omnibus that is in a slipcase so it's a nice slick presentation it keeps everything nice in a slipcase and you get every single one of the hellboy trades pretty cool which is four trades um so i think it's just it's excluding the short stories i believe is the the thing that they're keeping out of there <laughs> um if you enjoyed hell cop from last week which i did um you're gonna really love it in 3d that's right there's a 3d halloween edition of hell cop so if you want to uh, if you want to see that in all the dimensions, uh, not just the two dimensions, see it in three. This is the way to do it. Hellcop 3D. Uh, also, we have high fructose coming in. Always in high demand. I don't think I ordered enough of them. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, House of Slaughter, number one, from the world of Something's Killing the Children. Um, yeah, that's a thing. It's basically the story of the other character who uh, is one of the masky guys. Cool. I enjoyed it. It's a good book. This one I actually got to read. Um, let's see. Oh, <laughs> I don't even know what this is. So we're still not 100% sure if this is original artwork or if this is repurposed Golden Age, if this guy is just like a brilliant Golden Age parody artist, or if he's literally taking public domain art and just rewriting it. Either way, it's a great read. The book is hyper thick 
from uh, Steve Ayelet, A-Y-L-E-T-T, Un- <laughs> unfamiliar with that particular last name. I hope I'm getting close, but um, wow, it, it's just fun, crazy nonsense. It's like uh, in the vein of your flaming carrots, I believe you could say. Um, it's it's just it's just kind of fun, apropos of nothing, wackadoo craziness. Like it. Uh, we got Inferno number two. The this is the last gasp for the Hickman X universe, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I haven't read it, even though it's sitting on the shelf. But man, uh, I thought the first one was very, very good. I thought that it brought together all of what Hickman was doing with X Men, brought back all of the really important points that we thought had been dropped over time. Where I believe, I think, unfortunately, I think the deal is that he had meant to parse this stuff out over a really long period of time and let these things kind of come to a boil and whatnot. But I think that other artists and writers had been like, no, nah, we're just going to do this now. And he was like, okay, fine. Then I'm out. And so he's doing Inferno and that's going to be his, his, his out, which is a, a mixed bag for me. Cause I definitely liked what he was doing, but I also thought that some of what he was doing was absolute total nonsense so it's, you know, to each his own. Uh, Invincible, Red Sonia, number five. Uh, so many, so many covers of Red Sonia not wearing enough to protect her from arrows at all. Um, Jupiter's Legacy, number five, or Jupiter's Legacy Requiem, number five, I should say, is out. Uh, nobody's reading it, don't worry. Philadelphia 18 is out, and this cover is real good and incredibly bloody and what a fun series honestly this is one because of how we kept getting damages for this one i feel like everybody who gets them i I think this was like countrywide i think that just because of the kind of stock they used i think they used an ultra black ink on a very very thin stock so it started causing it to wave like caused uh, caused it to be a little too wet and every issue we got was wavy. Um, and some of that waviness caused it to get spine damage when it was shipped and all this. But they've, like, since the beginning, every issue of Philadelphia has been funky for us. Like, I don't know if it is for everybody, but I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a near mint, like a perfectly, like, 9-6 near mint kind of Philadelphia come through. It's all been, it's all been kind of less than perfect. But, um... But still, the content is perfect. It is wonderful. It's a great horror comic, and uh, and get it in trade. Um, it's cool to own the issues. It's going to be one of those... Unfortunately, this is going to be one of those comics that would be really nice to have in your collection because this will be something in the future where you know, you'll look back on it and go, man, I was there reading this thing when it came out, and here are the issues because... This is this is one of those stories that somebody's going to do something with it. It's too cool not to. Um, Made in Korea, number five, speaking of things that are too cool. Another nearly flawless comic, but also another comic that you thought, like, in reading this thing, I was like, oh, of course I know where this is going. It's super clear. And then, like, right out of the first issue, it just shoots it 
into a direction that you never would expect and continues on that, that course. So I, I definitely recommend this one. I don't even know what you would say. It's like a better version of the movie AI um, or a good version of the movie AI, if I might put a little bit of my own personal belief in that. Um, cool. All right. Maniac of New York, trade paperback, a volume one. I'm going to take a drink. I'm sorry. I'm clicking. I'm so sorry, everybody. If, if you have that weird uh, problem with people's voices, it's probably... It's not driving you crazy. You shut this off a long time ago. And in fact, you've never listened to me talk because I can't help it. I've got like fucking Carrie Fisher syndrome with my mouth here. Uh, apologies to everyone. Ah, delightful. Polar seltzer. What a wonderful seltzer. Um, <clears throat> okay. Maniac of New York trade paperback death train. This is really fun. I'm into this series. This was a weird one for me because I love... I'm very into the uh, the Jason Voorhees mythos, if you can call it that. Uh, but Elliot Kaling is a very smart dude. Uh, Kalen, I apologize. Uh, and he's he has done something different with this. And obviously it's not literally Jason Voorhees. It's his own take. It's uh, Butcher Charlie. What the fuck is his name? Uh, I cannot remember it. It's He's got a very specific, like, he's got one of those kind of you know, fits in the horror genre kind of names, but, um, but he has treated Jason Voorhees as like a, a force of nature where people just know he exists and they know that he's immortal. Nobody can take care of him. No one can kill him. So they're just trying to keep out of his way. And you just know that, you know, like a storm warning, like a, like a hurricane, like anything else, you just got to keep the fuck away when the, the Jason Voorhees character is out. And, this was a very satisfying book. Um, again, Kaling, Kalen is, is super smart. He's an MST3K writer. He is a daily show writer. Um, and frustratingly, I had no idea when we started the Funbox Monster podcast, we did this thing. I was certainly well aware that uh, a million people have done movie podcasts in the past, but I thought that our approach was pretty, like, singular the way that we did it. And then someone pointed me to the flop house, although they don't do horror movies, Jesus Christ, it's very similar. And that's Elliot Kaling. And he's doing this fucking book. That's like kind of a riff on 80s slashers. And I've got rad Wraith and I'm like, am I single white femaleing this poor guy? I feel terrible. Um, but either way, who gives a shit? <laughs> uh, the world is enormous. And, uh, I think there's room for all of us. Anyhow, uh, Marauders, great. I love this book. Um, it's It's been solid the whole way through. Honestly, if I was going to recommend an X book to somebody who was like, I only want to read one X book, I would probably say read Marauders, even though it wouldn't give you... If you were in it for the for the lore and for how the world is progressing, it's certainly not the most world-building X-Men book. But it is, however, it is absolutely the most fun X-Men book. It's the most satisfying and it's the most character-driven. Uh, the rest of them have too many people in them. Even, even the core X-Men book, which I super, super love. You know, Treehouse X-Men, love them. That's fun, but this is like, this allows for little character studies and little bits of like 
wrapping up arcs with characters who've had long histories, bringing it back and doing super cool things with it. There was some Hellfire Club shit that happened like 10 issues ago that was just amazing. I, all of it's great. And of course, a uh, big fan of uh, now Kate Pride, formerly Kitty Pride. Uh, love that character. So I was into that as well. Uh, also... Another exciting thing, Mob Psycho 100 Trade Paperback Volume 7. Glad that that thing's out. Um, I love that series. I haven't been reading the manga, but uh, I have been watching the the anime, and I think it's wonderful. Um, Mom, Mother of Madness. The comic book by that lady who played that person on that show. Delightful. Uh, you know, it's the mother of dragons and she's doing that thing and she put mom in the name of this thing. She can't get away from it. Uh, Moon Knight number four. I did read this. Whoopie doo. I love this book. Damn it. This is great. Speaking of character studies, this is a wonderful character study for Moon Knight, literally including him in therapy as it starts. Um, this is going through and it's almost like uh, one of the things that I always hated about Moon Knight was how bogged down with continuity he was and how he you just keep having to reboot him. He was very much like Hawkman in that way where you're just like, what are you? What is your origin? You've been so many things and then they try to make you all those things at once. So now you've got multiple personalities and there's all this shit and it hasn't really ever worked very well. And this to me was the moment where he as a person came through for the first time in the modern era of reading Moon Knight for the last, I don't know, I'd say 15 years that I've been reading Moon Knight. I'd say this is the first one where they just stopped. He has always been his mental illness and that has been like it. It's been like, he's crazy. Ta-da, that's a character. Which isn't a character. You don't care for him because he has a mental illness. You care for a character because you know what he's about. You and or you relate to him or whatever, but you do need to know who he is. And this was the most revealing little bit of character stuff that I've seen for Moon Knight. I, I'm in. I'm so in for this book. I had a couple people tell me that they they hated the first issue and were like, "Ah, I'm never going to read it again." I literally gave away a couple of copies of the second issue just to be like, listen, it's good. Stay. Come on. What are you doing? Why are you not doing this? And I think I got a bunch of people back on board because I think they are. I think that both of those people that I gave issues to are reading it still. I, I think it's phenomenal. I think it's so much better than I think the last five, five series, last three series that I've read. So. You know, the, the one where he was just completely bonkers, I get it. You're trying to do a Marvel Knights thing where he imagines that he's with the Avengers and all that stuff. Eh, didn't work for me. Um, a book that my wife will be very excited about, uh, for all you Halloween-y goths, what a perfect time for all this to come out. The Nocturnal's Hardcover Omnibus. It's 30 bucks for the whole omnibus. That's insane. Um, if you're not familiar with the Nocturnals, they are a very, like, super gothy, 
They're the Adams Family Avengers, if you want to go that far. They're they're very like supernaturally not really superhero characters. They're just monsters that have different abilities. And it's all done by Dan Brereton. This is Dan Brereton's like uh, it's it's like his passion project. It's the thing that he's been doing forever, for as long as I can remember. Um, and he is like he does such amazing work for this. If you you probably know Dan Burton, if you don't know the name right off the right off the bat, you would definitely recognize him when it was uh, when they did the Iron Fist annual back in the day when they were doing the super cool uh, AHA run, the Fraction AHA, Brubaker, etc. That stuff. He did the 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 World War Two era iron fist with the two guns he did a throwback to that he's got a very painterly style because it is all, i think it's all done with acrylics um i'm in fact i'm positive it's all done with acrylics because my wife actually has two pieces by him that we still haven't put up in the house and they're just these big fucking beautiful paintings that are pages from the nocturnals um super cool uh can't recommend this enough for people who are of the goth persuasion. It is definitely Halloweeny and fun. His the the main character's daughter carries around a little little trick or treat uh pumpkin. It's it's super fun. Great book. Uh Oblivion Song number 34 is out. Once in Future number 21. Apparently this thing has been picked up for something because I got cleaned out of these issues. People are stoked about Once in Future. I think it's a great series. I was I was surprised that this book and Crone didn't bury each other because they were both super strong. And uh, I would also like to shout out Crone. If you like Once in Future and you have not read Crone, you should read Crone. It is, it's like a supernaturally version of like old woman uh, Red Sonia. So it's like little old lady who's unassuming, but she's actually the biggest badass in the world. And it's fucking awesome. It's, you know, my, I'm not selling it very well, but it is, it, it's a great series. Uh, and once in future is a great series. And so is primordial. Holy crap. Um, another great one, man, there's so many great books coming out these days. Uh, primordial is another one of these, uh, Jeff Lemire joints, you got uh, Dave Stewart and Andrea Sorrentino on this book. It's the art is so cool. Talk about somebody making a stretch. You've got this like artsy fartsy kind of style, and you're like, well, I, I think this person can't do something because of that. Then they jump and they just do something that is photorealistic and beautiful and incredible. And you just seeing what they're doing, it, it's mind blowing, mind blowing, primordial. It's probably not a gigantic spoiler to say that it is a an animals go into space and get super intelligent story. Uh, I love it. Love it. Um, what a great book. So Robin, number seven, is out. I've heard good things. <laughs> I haven't. I stopped reading when they went to the Mortal Kombat tournament, which I thought was fun. But I was like, okay, I get it. It's just kind of a, a fun fighty comic good enough. I've got all the information I need to do my job was not something that I, I was like, I, I absolutely need to read every issue. It's just a fun book. It's like impulse in that way, which like, it was just a 
wonderful, enjoyable read, but, you know, didn't really impact the rest of the DC universe. I think that's kind of how they're doing Robin. Um, Ruby, Justice League number seven of seven is out. That is R-W-B-Y Ruby, that uh, anime. We got Sword number nine out. That was, of course, delayed because of all the nonsense that's going on. As I've said before, there are, not only are there crazy supply chain things there's literally a paper shortage hitting the comics industry so you know marvel's backing off dc's gonna probably back off i think i don't know you can definitely see marvel backing off their releases um it's gonna be weird it's gonna be a weird time coming up for the world but uh i'm sure it's gonna be fine we're all gonna make it because we made it through this thing we'll make it through the next thing um but Sword, Sword is one of those surprising books. I mean, knowing now what I know about Ewing, it's not surprising. I I had originally been like, why the fuck is this Sword book so good? I, I don't get it. Sword is such a nothing story that I like, who gives a shit about space? Like, again, I'm like, I'm that guy that hates space X-Men. And I was like, all in. I thought some of the character moments from this book were literally some of the best X-Men character moments I've ever read. Um, there was an interaction between Magneto and one of the people on the ship that was like a lower level that was a throwback to Asteroid M era. And it was this like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. And it was just so perfectly written that it was like, it was real. It was like the most real superhero dialogue I've ever read. Um, so good. And some of the most unreal things I've ever read, Scumbag, trade paperback number two. Uh, This is, of course, the inimitable Rick Remender doing a grosso who saves the universe by stealing the super soldier serum because he's a junkie and he just injects whatever he finds in a needle. And it turns him into a cosmic defender and uh, now he has to be the one to save the universe. God damn it. Uh, second chances. Number three, I have no idea what this book is about. I have not been paying attention. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. This, I do know what it's about. It is about a hedgehog and his name is that I lost it. Sorry. It's something, um, space pirate, Captain Harlock. Number five, he is a pirate whose name is Captain Harlock and he's from space. He's also the inspiration for that shirt that Glenn Danzig wears that we make for the store uh, that I guess has just gone too long uh, and now nobody cares. Spawn. I love this Spawn cover. Oh my God. I hate how much I like Spawn lately. Uh, It's been really stupid because Spawn is dumb. (laughs) I can't help it. I can't help that I love this dumb comic. It makes me feel like an idiot, but uh, who cares? Really good. It's It's just a blast. It's fun to go back to Spawn. And even if it's still this serious version of Spawn that I'm not 100% on board for... I would love to see them go back to the, the McFarlane spawn of like one through 30. Like that original run of spawn was just so wacky and weird and like just full of just the art was so cool and 
so stupid. <laughs> it could go straight to like slapstick nonsense in a heartbeat. It wasn't this overwrought heaven and hell nonsense. But even with that, there's something about it. There's still something there. In reading Kingspawn, I got into that book. I, I'm liking the ongoing again. And and honestly, it's had its moments all the way through. I think just everybody jumped off somewhere in the 200s and just it, it's had a hard time regaining its momentum. I think it's just been a passion project for McFarlane. I know that at some points the numbers were below 3,000, I think is what I'm remembering. I could be wrong, but I mean, like, Midtown does that for a variant of a comic, you know, like this is, these are super low numbers. So McFarlane was definitely paying out of pocket for this thing. And you know, whatever he made the thing that he wanted. I mean, spent $3 million on a fucking baseball. So I'm sure he can afford to pay some guy his $150 page rate. Um, I'm sure he played, he paid Greg Rucka better than that, but, um, probably not that much better. So we got Spider-Woman number 16 uh, with a terrible Rob Liefeld variant, if you're into that kind of thing. We've got Star Wars Darth Vader number 17 uh, with a ridiculous Darth Maul variant on it as well. I apologize that I'm commenting mostly on the variants because I haven't read them. Uh, I did not do my homework this week, and I don't have anyone here to bail me out, so I just have to... <laughs> see what I'm say what I'm seeing, but I will say that the introduction of multiple colored uh, versions of Darth Maul, whatever I guess they're Mauls. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm a bad Star Wars fan. Um, I don't know, but he's like a yellow, <laughs> like they're like M and M's. I guess I don't know. When you see the green one, he's gonna make you super horny. Uh, that's all I know about. Uh, that's all I know about these uh, these weird little spiky dudes. Um, we also found out that he looks shockingly like the Halloween Boglin. Um, someone pointed that out when they were like, I posted a picture of it, and they were like, "Oh, look at this." Fucking Darth Maul ripoff. And I was like, hey, that came out 20 years before Darth Maul showed up. And uh, I, I don't know. Maybe Lucas saw it and he was like, hey, that's cool. Maybe if that was a person. I don't know. I like to believe that that Tim has influenced the Star Wars universe that way. Um, we've got War of the Bounty Hunters continuing. Ooh, they are sucking the fun out of this one by just extending it way past its breaking point. Too bad, because it has been so good. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this is fun. You're going to be like, why are you dissing this when you have so many fucking copies on the shelf? The answer to that unfortunate question is that the ordering system through, uh, through Penguin Random House is so complex that I wound up double ordering a bunch of stuff. Yay! So I've got like an extra 60 fucking copies of this book that I'm just going to have to eat, unfortunately. Hooray. Ugh, those will be free comic book day books next year, probably. Um, whatevs. Uh, we got Stranger Things, The Tomb of Yabuen, whatever that is. We've got Star Wars High Republic Adventures, Monster of Temple Peak, number three. And we have a new book, from uh from my business daddy, uh Black Caravan, uh Swamp Dogs, House of Crows. This is 
definitely something that has been highly anticipated. People have been talking this thing up for a while, so I wish I had a copy in to read, but I don't. And so I'm just going to have to say that it is definitely, like, it's it's a weird one. I mean, it seems as though there's a negative to it. You know, it looks like it's kind of one of those things where they've gotten together, like, a group of media people who are like, I can do this, and I can do this, and I can do this, and we're going to create a, a media product. And it's like, uh, you know, that part kind of gives me the, the sads. But... The other thing is that uh, the writing is apparently very good. The art is really good. Um, it's apparently a pretty, pretty solid fucking project. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what it's all about. Um, and again, honestly, Scout, you know, guys, if Scout's putting out Rad Wraith, you know that it's quality. You know that they got quality coming out the ears. And of course, this isn't just Scout. This is Black Caravan. This is Joe's imprint. Our our friend. So I'm I'm excited to see it. And he actually spoke very highly of it as well. He was like, this is probably one of the ones you want to look out for. It's going to be really good, blah, blah, blah. So, cool. Task Force Z. Hooray! Okay, so... <laughs> uh, I'm excited about this. So this is not a zombie comic. I know that. I know that obviously we have people who are dead who are in this comic. So if you were paying attention to the story prior to this, you, you don't need anything. Don't worry about it. It's just a bunch of fucking dead people that are going out suicide squatting. It's going to be great. But this is literally, uh, oh God, if my, my brain... So a bunch of people were killed in that Arkham raid. Bane was killed. Mr. Bloom was killed. Uh, so, oh God. Man Bat... Arkham Knight and somebody else, another character that I can't remember the name of, but all of those characters have been reanimated by some person, some force, and essentially in the same way that the exploding collar is hanging over the head of everyone in the Suicide Squad being resurrected and ceasing to be a living corpse is on the table for Task Force Z. Uh, these guys are all rotting mummy monsters, and they probably want to be able to live again. And that is that is the story, and I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be really fun. Come on, it's Halloween. Get a funny fucking <laughs> Halloween story from DC. Why not? Um, we got some of that Texas blood, number 11. And we've got Darkhold Blade. Um, you know, Darkhold, bit of a nothing burger. Was a bit of a, a bit of a silly, silly what's it, but you know what's not silly? Blade. Uh, so I'm excited to read this anyway. Who cares if it ties into a story that wasn't great? Uh, we've got Time Before Time. Is that what that thing's called? I just skipped past it, so I don't know. I'm going to go one more time. Let's try that title again. Time before time. Oh, shit, I got it right, so I didn't even need to do that. Oh, well, you know, perfectionism. It causes nothing but suffering. Uh, that book was fun. I'm not caught up to it by any stretch of the imagination, but it's cool. We got uh, Transformers, number 36, Transformers Beast Wars, number 9, and Transformers Shattered Glass, number 3. Jesus Christ, guys. 
give it a rest. Give us some time. It's a little, that's a few too many Transformers. You know, God, hold on one second. I'm going to drink more of this. Oh, so refreshing. Um, Two Moons, number six, is out. I'm so excited that this is continuing. It looked like it was wrapping up, and I thought that they were just going to end it there, and they did not. And again, one of the best horror books out there. Read this. Super cool. Get on it. Um, I think we probably do have the A covers to this. I think I'm looking at the number of listings that Chad had to put up this week. I think he cut a few corners because uh, it's it's literally in the 150 listings area. So that's a lot of fucking work. So I can understand him doing that. Uh, I might fix that later if it does turn out that we have those covers. I assume we do. I assume there's an A and B for all the Transformers and an A and B for Two Moons and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, whatever. Usagi Yojimbo, number 23, is out. We got Vengeance of Vampirella, number 23. And we've got, oh, Vinyl, number 5. This is going to be a great one for trade. If you were a fan of, let's say, Auteur from Oni, if you remember that book... Uh, you're probably going to like vinyl. It's definitely in the same, it, it's in the same wheelhouse as that book. It's, it's crazy, wacky cults and it's, it's fun. It's a good one. I, I would say if you haven't gotten on it yet, unfortunately, I think that first issue is a long gone. And I think B expensive on the web, on the secondary market, you know, at least more than cover. I'd say wait for the trade. It's going to be a great read as a trade. Um, we got Walking Dead 25, the deluxe edition. Uh, we Don't Kill Spiders, number two, by our friend Joe Schmalky. Uh, and that's great. It's a, it's a Viking procedural. <laughs> it's not really a Viking procedural. It's a, more of a Viking murder mystery, I guess, with supernatural elements. I'm really, I'm really not selling that very well. I need to get a better synopsis than that, but that's essentially what it is. Um, we only find them when they're dead. Number nine. This is the crew of, of folks that go out to salvage dead gods in space. What happens when one of them gods isn't dead? That's what we find out in this book. Um, Wolverine number seventeen. Cool. Uh, the, the Jesco for this is so good. Uh, yeah, his, his saber tooth is out of control. Looks a bit like Dave Mustaine from Megadeth. Got a, got a little touch of that. Still very cool. Um, I'm still really enjoying this Wolverine series. It's still just, just fun, dumb Wolverine stories. No baggage, no nothing. Just Wolverine shows up someplace, usually needs to stab somebody and then does it. What are you going to do? What more do you want out of a Wolverine story? I really, we've seen what happens when you violate the Wolverine goes to a town. Somebody needs help. He helps them stab, 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 and then moves on. You get out of that pattern and it makes shitty Wolverine stories. And, uh, and now I think they've learned that and they're going back to the, the old a team approach to Wolverine, which I'm into. Um, Wonder Girl, number four. 
Again, I've, I've spoken very highly of this book. I think this takes a lot of the boring parts of Wonder Woman out. I think, I think the world as a whole is very tired of the Greek slash Roman God pantheon. It is, it is getting very tired as, as a bunch of stuff. It's like the best time it was ever used was when, uh, Oh my God, that, that, uh, that hundred bullets guy can't remember his name when he did it liked that. I liked the, the new 52 version. It was, it was, but it was like, it was wonder woman in Hercules, the legendary journeys. It was just, the story was almost exactly the same. Hera's out to get her. She's trying to protect this little kid. It's like, you know, we've seen this story a lot of times and the addition of this new Brazilian pantheon of characters that I've never heard of before is so exciting to me. It's like, I'm, I'm always interested because there's always something new showing up that I'm like, what the fuck is that? And it's, you know, I certainly never say that when Mercury shows up, I'm like, I know who you are. You know, you're this character that we've seen a million times. And also they were never fleshed out. We've seen them a hundred million times and we never got a personality for any of them. And so now I'm really happy that we've got this whole new thing we can start from scratch with these these gods that we've never seen before, or at least I, as an American, have never seen before. And so it's super cool. I'm I'm so into this. I, I think it's a really great series, and I like her personality. She's got where Wonder Woman, of course, is an immortal warrior. She's been around forever. This is someone who's brand new to the whole being an immortal warrior thing. She doesn't have thousands of years of, eh, let's say baggage. You know, she doesn't have thousands of years of backstory that need to be worried about. This character has not lived that long. This character is just like, Oh shit, this is cool. I'm really strong. And these things, wow, this is neat. She has also, she has a positivity about her that is kind of uh, refreshing you know, especially for DC, like DC is finally starting to get the clue that their, their depressing stories were not selling comics, that there were a few people out there who were like, Oh wow, that's cool. That was really dark. And then they're like, okay, but now where do you go from there? And the hopefulness that like a character like, like Yara Flora brings into the world. I like, I'm into it. Uh, I like a hopeful story. The world is bleak as shit. I want hope and I want, you know, I want happiness. I want superheroes to reflect the best of the world. You're reading a silly superhero story. Sure, you can occasionally devolve that that idiom and you can make it into something like The Watchmen or, you know, just make it into something dark like The Boys or what have you. Sure, those things sh- should exist and they are very fun when they're done right. But if they are the the base level, it undermines the entirety of your world. The the world of your your characters, of DC's characters specifically, has been very undermined by the fact that they have all been very dark for a very long time. Um, Batman only survives that constant darkness by having a team like a a literal family of people around him who are bright spots characters. I mean, especially Nightwing and now Nightwing especially is just phenomenal. 
So kudos to DC for that. Um, and after shitting all over the character of Wonder Woman, our last comic is Wonder Woman Black and Gold. I hear there's good stuff in it. Again, for the reasons I discussed, I don't really care about Wonder Woman anymore. Um, the last time I really loved Wonder Woman was when Gail Simone was writing it. And what's weird about it is that Gail Simone wrote Wonder Woman the way that this new writer is writing Yara Floor. So it had that same kind of like excitement about the world around her where she was like, oh, I'm going to go out on a date in this new world or whatever. Like there were there were experiences where she was a fish out of water in a modern time. And it was very exciting, you know, whereas a lot of writers are just like, she's a God. Nobody gives a shit about anything. You know, we don't, we don't want her to care about sad little mortals, which is a very, like, I don't want to be melodramatic, but it's a very fascist way to look at the world. Uh, it's a very uber kind of not great approach in my own humble ass opinion um so but i love this i love i love the new direction for dc so i i can't even there have been so many dc books that i have been excited to read lately it is bizarre uh and i mean it tom taylor's superman is uh, is low-hanging fruit to talk about but fuck man uh, i was talking about it after the first issue that is the superman i want to read and has been from issue one. And, you know, that that was that was the treatment. I mean, every time he does something, honestly, I'm on board. So I hope that this hate that he's getting slung at him from a bunch of bigots is not wrecking his life. Because I want him to continue to have that wonderful, wonderful hope that that I see in his work, too. Uh, I hope that doesn't that doesn't jade him in any way. Um Guys, that's it. That's the that's the end of the comics for this week. Uh, you can follow us at um actually comics. You can follow us at Coast City Comics. You can visit us at www.coastcitycomics.com on the information super highway. It's out there. Get on your Earthlink account. Log in when your parents aren't using the phone. Obviously, boot up that modem and go to aol.com. And just through there, whatever that portal was. I don't remember how that worked. I've forgotten. Uh, I've lost the thread of my jokes. Sorry, guys. Um, anyway, get on Webcrawler. Look for Coast City Comics and purchase some comics from us. Uh, and I do apologize again that things are going to be things are going to be a little wacky for the next however long until the supply chain gets straightened out. We're probably going to be seeing a lot of late stuff. Um, and until I start getting complaints about it, I'm just going to be listing the comics as usual, which does mean that if we have a massive amount of damages that I don't know about, there could be some fuck ups and I may have to refund some comics. And that is always a bummer. And it always makes me look like an asshole, but I think it's less complicated this way. So again, your feedback is welcome. I'm, I'm super into getting feedback on whatever you got. Um, also, I will say uh, thank you all for listening, and thank you for listening to the Funbox Monster Podcast as well. If you happen to be uh, interested 
I think it's a fun listen. Uh, if you like, especially if you like horror movies, we appreciate you reviewing us. Um, either one of us, obviously, review us with nice things. If you got nothing nice to say, you know, just say it to me in person, and that'll be that'll be easier, and then it won't take away from our uh, our metrics. Anyway, uh, but yes, both both podcasts could use could use a rate and review, and you know, tell your friends uh, because it is so hard to get people to listen to a podcast because they are so specific. One one person's voice, one person's mannerisms, one whatever, one person's education level, one person you know, you name it. It doesn't take much to turn people completely off. So if you dig something that we're doing, please tell other people because we could we can use the boost and the more people that listen to the podcast, the more we get people to actually purchase things from our website, which is what is going to keep us through this winter when it's just going to be absolute bullshit. I mean, as soon as we start getting closed off and all that, I, I don't even want to think about how bad things are going to get this winter. Um, but you know, it's, it is the way it is when you are in a seasonal town, like we are, the way that this town has turned into a bar harbor or an old orchard beach has been no end of sadness to me. So, but that's how it goes. Anyway, we love you all. Uh, thank you so much. Please come to our Halloween event. We're giving out free comics. All the information is on the web. It's on our Instagram. You can go to the link in our Instagram and that will send you directly to that God awful fucking Facebook that the world needs to burn to the ground but unfortunately you can't survive without it as a business for some God awful reason. Anyway, <laughs> that is off topic. Uh, please come to that. Get some free comics. I don't know if it's going to be hard to get people to take free comics. seems like that would be the easiest thing in the world. Um, and hopefully we, uh, hopefully we completely sell out by the end of the event. It would be wonderful. Anyway, thank you guys. And I'll see you next week. Good night. Good night.